Welcome to For Advisors, a podcast for and about financial advisors. I'm your host, Dave Polis, and today we're fortunate to have with us one of the guiding lights of the financial planning world, Bernie Kiley, to discuss the benefits of belonging to industry organizations, how to assess those benefits and which ones are most useful, and how the benefits can apply to your practice. Bernie Kiley is a NAPFA registered advisor and principal of Kiley Capital Management, Inc., an RIA. He's also owner of Bernie M. Kiley CPA, an accounting firm where he specializes in individual taxation. Bernie's been providing fee-only financial planning investment advisory and income tax services for individuals for over 30 years. He was recognized by Worth Magazine as one of the best financial advisors in the nation four times in a row was profiled in the December 2000 issue of Investment Advisor Magazine. Accounting Today Magazine has twice listed him as one of the CPAs to know in financial planning. Bernie was three times listed as a five-star wealth manager by New Jersey Monthly Magazine. He's a former board member of the Northeast Mid-Atlantic Region and a member of the Education Committee for NAPFA. Bernie was the Dean of the School of Taxation for NAPFA University as well. Bernie's been quoted by or written articles for Money Magazine, Investment Advisor Magazine, the New Jersey Law Journal, Financial Planning Magazine, the Newark Star-Ledger, New York Times, Wall Street Journal, Accounting Today, Morris County Daily Record, and the Bergen Record, Worth Magazine included. In September 2006, Bernie was a guest on Maria Bartiromo's TV show, Wall Street Journal Report. Bernie, thanks so much for joining us on the program today. We'd like to have you. Thank you for having me. Bernie, in the bio I just shared with everyone, there are lots of board positions and committee work included, mostly for NAPA, but for other organizations as well, including your local and national CPA organization. In general, it would seem that this type of activity is a good basis for networking and growth going forward. Are you an advocate of joining and belonging to business organizations, both in general and within the industry? Yes, I am. I'm a professional, and I like to help guide my profession. Uh, that's why I get involved. Those organizations really do steer the industry in, in the way they're supposed to go. And the best way to affect how that affects your career is to get involved. Now, you're a very established and accomplished guy with a strong practice full of loyal clients. But what would you advise a brand new advisor to do regarding these organizations? Someone who may not have a lot of spare dues dollars laying around. What would you suggest for them? Well, I tell people, don't make the mistake I made. When I started my practice, I was in a one-room office inventing the business. And it, my business really didn't take off until I got involved in NAPFA, because then I, I met like-minded people, uh, people who were just starting out. I, I could rub elbows with very experienced practitioners. And it's what helped me get my practice off the ground. And now that I am, an, uh, you know, an older advisor, I, I'm giving back by helping new people. And the first thing I tell people is join NAPFA. That's a, a, a very strong recommendation for organizations in general. You really get to rub elbows with people that know what they're doing. It's a great way to learn your craft and to know who the players are so that they become a resource for you. Can you, uh, just for our audience sake, so they know what we're talking about, can you run down a brief list of the, the big industry groups quickly so that they can see what choices they have and, and briefly describe each one and the differences? Okay, there's the Financial Planning Association. Uh, FPA was the, res the the merger of the CFP organization and uh, the International Association Financial Planning. They were two standalone groups that merged. 
then there's NAPFA, the National Association of Personal Financial Advisors. When you join the FPA, you fill out uh, a form and you send them a check and you're in. You don't even have to be a financial advisor. But with NAPFA, you apply, you have to be vetted, you have to be, they have to determine that you are worthy to be a member. And we have um, two ways that we do that. One is you can submit a written comprehensive plan for review. And the written plan requirement was a roadblock for a lot of people. And if you're a new, younger planner, it's intimidating to submit a plan. Um, every year, the NAFA National Board would ask, there's so many fee-only advisors out there. What can we do to get more of them to join NAFA? And in 2015, we came out with Plan B. Plan B was the peer review. With the peer review, you have to get through me. I'm one of the peer reviewers. I go through your website. Who are you? Where are you? I go through your form ADV. How old are you? Where'd you go to school? What's your experience? And then we have a go-to-meeting meeting. So we meet face-to-face. And that's a much better way of uh, bringing in new members. There's also, if you're a CPA, the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants and the New Jersey Society of CPAs. I was uh, on the uh, uh, board of trustees of the Accounting Society. I was also chairman of the financial planning division for a while. So with all that involvement, you must know everybody in the business and that's and you made your choice in a very informed way in terms of which one of those organizations you were going to really dedicate yourself to and align yourself with. And it seems that uh, NAPFA certainly came out on top. They seem to have a little different approach compared to FPA that you just described. Can you go into a little more detail about that? How, how their competitive edge is, is really different? I spoke at the Financial Planning Association of New Jersey one day. And after I spoke, a young lady came up to me and she said, you know, there's a remarkable difference between FPA members and members of NAPFA. She said, FPA members are all salespeople. They're all competitors. They'll push each other down a flight of stairs if it means getting a client. NAPFA members are completely different. We're mentors, helpers. uh, We guide people. So NAFA is like one big family. We take care of our own. That's a tremendous endorsement. I think it's pretty clear which organization most financial planners I know would want to be a part of, realistically. Um, You offer us a bunch of different services to NAFA from your own knowledge. Uh, You talked briefly about the one with the, uh, the sample plan and the peer review. Can you go into some more detail about that? We had a problem in NAPFA for a very long time. Every time I would go to a conference, everybody there looked like me. And we were wondering, who's going to take over this organization when we're gone? We are now seeing 50% of the people I'm doing peer reviews with are 35 years old or younger. So we're getting a lot of young people in. And what I do when I'm doing the peer review is I encourage them. The advice I was given around 1998 was, Bernie, you get out of NAFA based upon what you put in. Get involved. And that's when I got, I spent three years on the Northeast Mid-Atlantic Region Board. I spent three years on the National Board. I was asked if I would like to be chair of NAFA, and I said no. 
my practice could not survive the time commitment. Uh, being chair of NAFLA is an incredible, uh, takes an incredible amount of time. I was a study group leader for NAFLA for 15 years. We, the study group met in my conference room. And um, 15 years is a long time for somebody to run a group. I was the dean of the NAFLA School of uh, Taxation for NAFLA University. That's where we tried to bridge the gap between uh, 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 textbook knowledge and practical application. Instead of talking about grantor retained income trusts, we would talk about Trust 101. We would try to pick up where the CFP program uh, took off. That sounds fantastic. I want to iterate two things that you touched on there because they're so important for our listeners. One, any organization, but especially something like NAFA, where it's a big family, you get out what you put in and that you need to get involved. I think that's a very, very key piece of advice to take with you. Any organization, professional or otherwise, you're not going to get the benefits unless you put in some time and effort and really get involved. Well, one thing getting involved does is you meet other people. I know so many CPAs in New Jersey because I got involved in the State Accounting Society. I was on boards and committees with these people. I know, well, I spent three years on the national board and I did a peer review with an individual and I went on his website and I saw the uh, picture of a lady I know and her partner. So when I did the peer review, I said, uh, is this your wife? He goes, no, she's my big sister. And at the end, he said, what is your biggest takeaway from NAFA? And I said, I spent three years on the national board, and so did your sister. Her last year and my first year overlapped. If I never joined NAFA, I never would have met your sister, and that would have been a shame. He laughed, and he said, you know, that's probably the same thing she would say. You spend three years on a committee with somebody, and you're friends for life. Sure. It's a trench mentality at that point. I mean, you've really bonded. And and that's an important thing because you know you could call on her to bounce an idea off her, ask her a question, whatever, and, and know that it wasn't a competitive situation, know that it was given in the, the spirit it was intended. Uh, those kinds of relationships are what can make a practice really, really go. And, and I think you touched on this as well. There's a time commitment involved in doing that, but it is an investment in time not a waste of time. All those meetings, all those get-togethers, all those report readings and reviews all add up to an investment in getting to know that organization and getting to know the people in your industry so that you go forward with the confidence and the knowledge that you are really part of this bigger thing. I think it's an incredibly important piece of the puzzle that a lot of younger advisors may be missing because organizations like this and many, many others are aging out. Their organizations were formed and started when organizations were a very popular way to business network. And they're not so much anymore with the inventation of the internet and the connectivity that we all have. Getting together for coffee in the morning with 15 other guys in a room and listening to a speaker isn't as popular as it once was. And I think we're missing that human connection to a great degree, especially for younger advisors who could really benefit from it. We're going to take a short break. When we write back, uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about some of the things that NAPFA can offer and, and how they, they differ from each other and some other special things that you touched upon to help use some of those benefits to grow your practice. 
We'll be right back. Are you an RIA or financial advisor looking to grow and scale your practice, but feel like you could use some help? Feel like there are lots of growth options out there, but don't have time to research them and don't want to make an expensive mistake? Want to spend more time helping clients instead of time-consuming investment research, compliance checks, or transactional work? If you answered yes to any of these, Pinnacle Advisor Solutions has the answers you need. With a range of outsourced options and financial planning support, Pinnacle has a solution that fits your needs, budget, and circumstances to help you scale up, grow your practice, or put a succession plan in place. For more information or to set up an appointment, call 201-919-4838. And we're back with Bernie Kiley. Now, you've talked in your practice in terms of how you work with and for NAPA and that NAFA helped you become the well-respected advisor you are today. But they offer a number of different ways to actually do that, to get involved and to, to be a member in group environments that you can really engage and interact on a much deeper level. Um, talk to me about some of those, those different opportunities that they offer. Well, NAFA has uh, study groups. Study groups are local. Uh, I tell people, find out where your study group is. If you don't have one near you, start one. Uh, we also have mixed groups, Management Information Exchange, MIX. And what the mixed groups are, there are like four to maybe eight or ten people. You, The requirements for a mixed group is they must be comparable uh, practices. Somebody just starting out cannot join a mixed group with somebody who manages $2 billion. I tell the youngsters, start a mixed group people who are just starting out, you meet virtually, plus you meet face-to-face uh, -face twice a year. One time you meet at a conference, and the other time you meet face-to-face -face is at somebody's office. Uh, I share my office with another advisor, and she is in a mixed group, and her mixed group met last summer in my conference room. One person couldn't make it, so we... Uh, we did an online version uh, for her. I tell new people, you can get five years experience in one by working with people who are at your level. You learn from their successes. You learn from their mistakes. You, uh, uh, with the mixed group, uh, you share financial statements. Uh, so one of the requirements is you must be geographically dispersed. I could not join Jennifer's mixed group because... Her office is right next to mine. Uh, at the mixed group meetings, if you say, you know what I'm going to do this month, I'm going to do this for my practice. The next time you meet, somebody's going to say, Bernie, did you do that? You said you were going to do it. Did you do it? So you're lifting each other up. And uh, I'm a, a, a real uh, fan of mixed groups. Study groups usually it's a speaker you come you listen other times we would have a study group where we would tell everybody bring a copy of your investment policy statement and if you don't have an investment policy statement bring a list of questions and we would spend an hour just discussing what each of us do why do you do this why don't you do that um and uh, i've learned an awful lot from the study groups See, those both sound to me like just invaluable resources. You mentioned five years worth of experience in a year. 
some of those discussions must be incredibly in-depth for you to really gain that kind of operational knowledge. Well, it's a case of, at the study group, somebody said to me, or somebody said, what do you tell somebody who says, why should I pay you all this money when Merrill Lynch will do it for free? I just said, to be my client, you have to be smart. You just demonstrated you're not. And somebody said, Bernie wouldn't say that. The young lady piped up. I was in his conference room when he said it. (laughs) She was starting out and I had a prospect meeting and she, I said, you want to sit in? And she smiled and said, yes. I asked the prospect if it was okay. And the prospect had no problem. She sat in and listened. You know, you that right there, she got years of experience in an hour. Oh my goodness. Yes. Just learning how an, an ex, ex, accepted pro handles a prospect meeting. How do you answer get a better education? questions? What questions do you ask? Yes. And the questions are, are far superior to uh, most others because you know what you need to know in order to help them. The, the standard sort of cookie cutter boilerplate stuff is not going to get you where you want to go because half of it's extraneous or you'll find out later. I think that's fantastic. What a resource. And the fact that they hold you accountable for stuff is makes them sort of leagues ahead of a lot of the other networking and, and lead sharing type of groups. This is really an in-depth study of your industry. And I find it fascinating that they, uh, they're able to put that together and hold it in, in ways that make sense for everybody being non-competitive and that sort of thing. Fantastic resource. Now you took away some, some learnings from one of those and, and applied it to your own practice. You, you work with a wide range of clients, and, but you don't want to take up a whole lot of their time. So you have a unique way of sort of getting them to be involved with you, don't you? Can you describe how that works? Yes. NAPFA has a monthly magazine, the NAPFA Advisor, and every month they profile a member. I was profiled maybe 15 years ago. So I'm reading the story of this advisor from Indianapolis. And in the story, he said, I do a radio call-in show. And based upon the financial questions people would ask, I came up with a concept I called two for one. You come into my office for two hours, you pay me for one. He said, I did that because I thought I would get pushback on the fate. And he said, I promoted it on the radio show. And in the article, he said, I actually had to pay the the station for the advertising time. And he said, I had people lined up down the hall. It was so popular. So two for one pretty quickly became two for two. And so on my website, under services, I talk about my two-hour consultation. It says this is an actual working session for 120 minutes. You control the agenda. We can't do comprehensive planning in two hours, so we're not going to try. Some of my popular two-hour consultations are my wife and I are in our early 60s. We're starting to think about retirement. We have a thousand questions we would like to discuss with somebody who is not going to try to sell us something. For example, uh, how do you determine whether you should take a monthly pension check or you should take the uh, lump sum? Should I have a mortgage in retirement? Uh, When should I start Social Security? Exactly what is Medicare? What does it cover? What does it cost? 
Another one is my wife and I just had a baby. How do we save for college? Uh, an offshoot of my two-hour consultation is I now have a standing offer from my grown-up clients. When your kid graduates from college and gets their first paycheck, they're entitled to come into my office for two hours, uh, no charge, under one condition. They come in by themselves. Uh, if they come in the conference room with mommy or daddy, they sit there with their mouths shut. I can win a kid over in five minutes. They know I'm not a threat. I'm a resource. And then they start asking all the questions they were afraid or embarrassed to ask. See, that's a fantastic technique because it bridges the generation gap. Yes. And, and helps you not only expand the client base numerically, but hang on to the assets. Yes. That, that to me is the, one of the most fantastic strategies I've heard. And it's so helpful and so pleasant and so easy to implement. I would think that would be almost a standard thing amongst advisors, and it's not. Um, I'm just surprised nobody else has really glommed onto this and started doing it. But uh, Bernie, you've always been an innovator, so I'm going to look out for you and, and see how we can do things there. Um, now, we talk about how most of those organizations have older members. Uh, for the younger advisors in our audience, is there one piece of advice going forward that you could impart that would help them get a really good solid start and grow their practice more successfully. Usually have more than I ask for, but. <laughs> I have developed a knack for getting in the press. I'm in the media three or four times a month. And I tell people when we started to practice, my wife and I read everything out there about self-promotion. And one uh, thing that people don't do anymore is send out press releases. So I used to send a press release out every time I would go to a conference. It was a snail mail on my letterhead. Uh, the books say in the press release, you have a box with a color photograph and you have a box with a quote. So Kylie Capital Management is pleased to announce Bernie Kylie, NAFA Conference, Baltimore, Maryland, blah, 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 blah. Then there would be the picture with my uh, smiling face and then the quote. Bernie said, quote, I go to one or more financial planning conferences every year so I can stay on top of the ever-changing personal finance arena so I can better serve my clients. I tell the new people, the quote is self-serving. If it's not dripping syrup, it's not self-serving enough. So if you, when you get the email from NAPFA that you welcome aboard, you're now a NAPFA member, you send out a press release. And the quote, you state that you don't join NAPFA. You have to apply. You have to be vetted. I'm happy to announce I've been found worthy to be among this group of funeral advisors. Uh, you send the press release out to every newspaper, magazine, TV, and radio station that you can think of. Uh, if nothing else, you get your name on somebody's Rolodex. One day, a young guy asked me, what's a Rolodex? We're doing a go-to-meeting meeting, so I picked mine up and showed it to him. Once you get your name on the Rolodex, they start calling you. I just got an assignment about the alternative minimum tax, and I don't even know what that is. You explain it to them. You become a resource. Another resource that people should do is every time you read a story about personal finance or taxes, you send a snail mail 
note out. And I say snail mail because if you send an email, it winds up in somebody's spam folder. I You send the, uh, the note to the writer. I read your article. I think you did a terrific job. It was a real public service. Uh, this is how I explain it to my clients, or this is another way you could look at the topic. You want these people to love you. And it works. Fantastic. See, that's some some older approaches that have been brought forth into the 20th century and the 21st century that need to continue. I think that's a, just a wonderful way to get started. And it's free, almost free anyway. Um, Bernie, always a pleasure. Thank you very much for joining us today. You've left us all with some terrific insights on a big variety of topics, gotten more than we bargained for as always. And I really want to thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. If you have any questions about any of the topics Bernie and I touched on here today, just drop us a line at fouradvisors at pinnacleadvisory.com and we'll get back to you with some answers. You've been listening to Four Advisors, the podcast for and about financial advisors. I'm your host, Dave Polis, and until next time, thanks for listening. You're listening to Four Advisors, the podcast for and about financial advisors. This program is for educational purposes only, and the opinions expressed here by guests do not necessarily fully or accurately reflect the legal intent or nature of Pinnacle Advisor Solutions, Pinnacle Advisory Group, or its senior management. This program is not intended to give legal, investment, or financial planning advice, and opinions and statements made in this podcast should not be relied on as such.